I'm Elaine Shannon. I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast where we inspire and empower you to connect more soulfully to yourself. I'm Dana Lloyd. Today I am chatting with my friend and co-host, Elaine Shannon, about the secret of reclaiming time. Good morning, Elaine. Good morning, Dana. I am curious to talk to you today because I have known you for a really long time, but I don't think we really sat down and talked about your insight when it comes to reclaiming time, your life as a professional organizer, and I think it's a good opportunity to share with our listeners um, some tips and the soulful expression of reclaiming time. And I'm curious, how did you begin uh, on this process? I know ages ago, <laughs> we're laughing because my dog Ozzy is trying to jump on a lane right Ozzie now. Ozzy really likes me. <laughs> he loves you. Hi, Oz. He is our on-site assistant. But you began, you used to be in corporate and you left that and ended up becoming a professional organizer. And I think that's where all of this began for you. And can you begin to tell us about that journey that you took that led you down this path? Well, Dana, (laughs) we talked about the word well before we started. So Dana, it has been an interesting journey for me and time. Mm -hmm. And when people look at me now, they think, wow, she's really got it together. And, you know, she's pretty, you know, firm about the time she gives away or the time that she offers to people. But it wasn't always that way. So um, if you go way, way back, I was a month late, mm-hmm. like, like arriving on the planet. Yeah. And mom said, is this kid ever going to come out of me? And she said, when I was born, I shed like a lizard. Because oh. when babies are really overdue, like their skin peels off. <laughs> and so mom tells that story. And she said, you came into this planet late and you were just... And, and it's interesting how beliefs happen, right? Mm-hmm. So I came into this planet late. When I was a teenager, mom said, I swear you would sit up the road and you would wait until 10 after 10 if your curfew was 10, just so that you could arrive late. late. And so, so I had this pattern my entire life, like up until... Um, I guess when I started, no, no, not even when I started working, because I think about my corporate life, I would just kind of saunter into work. Oh, oh dear, I'm five minutes late. And my husband and I were called the tardy twins. (laughs) And so we were so habitually late that people bought us clocks for our birthday. Like we got, or not birthday, for our wedding. We got anniversary clocks. We got, you know, those nice ones with the Mm -hmm. globes on the top. We got wall clocks. Like we, people were telling us something. Be on time. So the Tardy twins were never on time. And so I was, you know, we were in our 20s. And from what I, you know, looking back now, I think, wow, you two were highly disrespectful to everybody around you. And it wasn't until I left corporate world, and that's a whole other story, because, you know, I didn't leave in a, in a great way. I left in a fiery crash, like, mm-hmm. you know, my, my body and mind took me out. But what had happened was we had a baby, and a baby who was not a happy baby. This baby cried from the time he mm-hmm. came out of me. 
And it was not a great experience. And and he was our second child. So our first child was like, she never did anything. I was working on my Canadian securities course while I was home on maternity leave with her because that's how fantastic a baby she was. And then we had this baby from hell who um, he he didn't sleep. He cried all the time. And so hence my departure from my, my corporate job at a bank. And we realized that through time, uh, this child had autism. Mm. He had a form of autism. Back then it was diagnosed as Asperger's. Now it's autism. And so we had to change our life for him. Mm. We had to change everything. We had to change how we showed up, when we showed up, how we prepared to go anywhere. It That, that um, experience of him coming into our world made us change. And he has been the best teacher that we could have ever had. Mm. And because of that, I have been able to help thousands of other people because he he's been such a gift Hmm. and so how did that lead you then down this path because you you say you came into the world late and i i'm going to ask you this later in the the episode because you asked me last week about you know what would you know who would i you know who was i when i was 12 because it feels like you have this relationship with time that has shifted but you eventually started helping people with respect to relationship to their time and and you talk a lot about reclaiming time and can can you tell us a little bit about that like how, how did how did you help people how, how did that begin well so here i am a stay-at-home mom with with two children and then and then we thought we'd add a third just for fun so mm-hmm. then so here we are with three children and i'm a total type a personality like i love to create i love to start things and here i was at home with three kids and i was dying Mm. like my like love my kids love my family but there was a part of me that wasn't being filled up Mm -hmm. and so I happened to be on the internet and I'm like well what am I good at like other than you know being a mom and you know do 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 found organizing so in all my weird things with time the thing that I've always been is organized, like love organizing spaces. You know, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. my, my bedroom, like I could figure out like a hundred different ways to organize the things in my bedroom. Mm. My Barbie house, it was like, you know, my best day was when I could take my Barbie house and rearrange it. <laughs> clean your Barbie house, house, house clean your... <laughs> and rearrange furniture for, rearrange ma- for maximum space yes. usage. Yes. <laughs> I think there was a professional organizer in the making at that time. Uh, well, I, I know there was. <laughs> so, the, And so I've always been that way with yeah. stuff, but time wasn't always good for me. Mm. Um, so I I started, you know, looking online, found something. And, you know, at the beginning, I had, a, I had an amazing business partner and her and I started this together. And if it wasn't for her, you know, I would have never had, I guess, and it's, better together, right? Mm. So you and I doing this podcast, it it took two of us together to get me over the threshold and right. through that new journey as an entrepreneur and hanging a shingle out as a professional organizer. So my, I went to a conference in 2004 in Toronto, my first professional organizing conference. And so I'm sitting there in this room with, and I have goosebumps as I'm telling you, and with all these people, I'm like, oh, look at how amazing they are and uh krista green got got up in front of the room she was our keynote speaker and krista stood there and she had a label maker in her hand and she raised it above her head and i have goosebumps and she had here we are together geeks with label makers and i went i'm home i found my tribe (laughs) 
It's like the, the heavens opened up. You can hear the angels singing as she raised the label maker over her head. Exactly, Dana. Yeah. And then I went to a conference a few years later in uh, in the United States, and um, uh, Standalyn Robertson, who was who's you know was the president at the time, she got up and do, did a speech, and she said, "So here we all are." And I think it might have been I don't know Boston or something, and she said. Please raise your hand if you've already rearranged the furniture in your hotel room. <laughs> you can't help yourselves. We, we can't, right? It's right. just, so you go into a hotel room and you're like, no, the lamp's in the wrong place because I need to move the chair so I can read better. So yes. it's, just, it's just this thing. Our, our brains right. see space. But there's this other part of our life to go back to the reclaiming time, and it's time. Mm-hmm. And so time is this thing that, you know, people, it's, you can't manage it. We, and I teach people that, you know, first thing in, in the course I say, like, uh, you are going to learn by the end of today that you cannot manage time. And it's one of the things at the end. So what can't you manage in time? Because you can't. So the, the, so the mm-hmm. first few minutes that you've listened to this podcast, you couldn't manage that. You can't get it back. So what I teach people is how to reclaim time, how to look at time in the 168 hours time blocks that you right. have every week. week. And yeah. I treat those like $168 million. Right. Who am I willing Good to analogy, give? Good right? analogy. Mm. Who am I Valuable. willing to give one of those up to? And so when I started looking at, you know, my son and being an entrepreneur and, you know, and I'm, I'm over 50 now and I thought, like, life is short and there is so much I want to do. Right. And people have, have asked me to help them. So over the years, I've developed, you know, several workshops. I've, you know, I've done one-on-one coaching with people. I've gone into people's homes and offices and helped them, you know, to reclaim their space, but also to reclaim their time mm-hmm. uh, so that they can do what matters, so that right. they can live their life by design, right. not by default. Right. Yeah, that's a great statement. Not by design. Or not by default, yeah. By, by design. design, right? Yeah. And and so, and so then, it's uh, hearing. I'm hearing intention in there. Oh, this by design. It's with intention and purpose. And Elaine, what I hear a lot of, and I, you know, I've been hired to speak on these topics: work-life balance. Everybody wants to talk about work-life balance. They say, please help me find work-life balance. And I say, there is no such thing. Thank it, you. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, yeah. sister. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's a little, a little high yeah. five because there isn't. There isn't. So then from your perspective, as someone who's spent a lot of time teaching people how to manage their time or to not, use it, not manage it, it right. but to, to how are you going to spend it wisely? what what is reclaiming time to you like when you explain that to someone and they go what does that mean like I, how do i get my time back at you, you know once it's gone so what is that referring to when you call reclaiming your time what I think is happening right now, Dana, is there is a huge shift on this planet. People are, you know, with social media and and our, our devices that we carry with us constantly, we are on 24-7, mm. right? And so how do we get that back, mm. right? And so to reclaim the time, we have to put some boundaries around okay. the, the, the access that people, that they have to us. And, the, and it's... It's simple, but not easy. Right. Because I'm hearing you say, uh, basically saying no to things in there, right? (laughs) You are absolutely saying no. And so how do you say no to your boss? Right. Right. How how do you say no to your mother? He or she doesn't like that. How do you say no to your mother? How do you say no to your siblings? How do you say no to your friends? Mm. But what you're doing is when you decide what's important to you, 
what you're doing is say you're saying yes to you mm. because by saying yes to everybody else, there's that life by default. Mm. You are giving everybody else permission on how what they think is most important for your time. Right. And so how do you learn to say yes and no to something um, in order, like it's confusing, right? People think, well, how am I supposed to, everything's important. All Everything the balls important. are in the air well, that you're juggling. Everything is important, Dana, if you don't have a point of focus. Mm. And so it's not a time problem, it's a focus problem. Mm. So in my workshop, the first exercise I take the participants through is a values exercise. Mm, yes, values, you're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, so, and Dana, here's the thing. When I do the, the workshops, I always do a raise of hands. Who in this room has done a values exercise in the past? And traditionally, b- probably 25%. So 75% of my audiences have never done a values exercise. Mm-hmm. So they have no North Star, no point of focus. They are living by mm-hmm. default. Mm-hmm. And so, and the 25% that do, they're sitting there nodding their heads going, oh, now they're seeing a bridge between values and time. Yeah, because where would you learn that? Nobody talks about values. We talk no. about that we value things or, or value stuff. We use that where we throw it around, but the kinds of values that you and I speak about are what you, exactly what you're saying is your North Star. I call it your GPS, cool. right? So when you know what your values are, it's easy to match things that come up in your life and go, oh, no, that's not a match. I said I value freedom, and if I take that on, that I'm not going to feel very free. So it's really becoming... Uh, it is. It's a knowing what, who am I? And values to me are really, who am I? You know, and for me, I talk about, you know, my top four is, you know, connection, contribution, and comedy. And after writing my book, I I added creativity. I didn't realize that was such Thank a powerful force. Thank you for adding force. creativity, Dana, because right? I think that's where people, we miss out because our, our schedules are so busy, mm. full, busy. Right. They miss out on the creativity part. Right. There's no white space yeah. to allow spirit mm. in to, mm. to bring in all the beautiful things that you were brought here to do. Right. Well, all the people who are listening go, well, I'm not creative. Oh, yes, <laughs> you are. Soul sisters yeah. listening and soul brothers. You right. are, you were Everyone born is, creative. Yeah. Think back to when you were a child mm. and how creative you were. You were playing outside. You were using your imagination. Mm. You know, everybody is creative. We come here creative. And somewhere, and we talk, we talk that, about that in another episode, somewhere after the age of 12, it gets conditioned out of us mm. that we are not creative. So I like to teach adults that they are, I like to remind them. Mm. So in the workshops, they come and they sit down at the tables and I have pencil crayons. Right. And I have markers. I have all kinds of colorful things. The workshop handouts are colorful because mm. I want them to connect back to their childhood creativity right. because the exercises that we do in this workshop are not your traditional time management. Mm. There are, and here's a statistic, there are over, well, there are tens of thousands of time management resources on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Yeah. They are not solving the problem. What they are trying to do is to help you do more. Yeah. Get better. Do more with less. Right. Do more with less. Be faster. What about the stuff that matters to you? (laughs) Right. Right. Because sometimes we're doing stuff we don't want to do. But there's very few books 
on that list of tens of thousands that are actually teaching you how to figure out what is important to you mm. and that's what you put in your in your calendar mm. so i'm reading essentialism right now by greg and i don't know how to McEwen? pronounce it McEwen. McEwen. and you know what thank you greg because you are giving language to what we are struggling with right now mm. it is essentialism what is essential so back to how i get people started how do we prime the well, right? How do we get people thinking about how to focus your time? And so this values exercise. So, you know, I have a list of like 100 values here. And what I do is I get people to pick their five top values. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. That is hard. Mm -hmm. Then I get them to take that and boil it down to one. Right. That is that is challenging. And people are like, oh, I, no, I can't pick not one. one. But, but you know what? You follow. There's one North Star. When you're on a GPS, when you're in your car and you put the coordinates in the GPS, what would happen if you put three coordinates in at the same time? Mm -hmm. Your GPS would be like, you know, take the next legal left U-turn. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going. Bertha I'm would be, we, I call mine Bertha. <laughs> Please take the next, yeah, exactly. Right, so Bertha would be, so, Reroute. Then, so why do we think we're different? Mm -hmm. So if we have one North Star... And we follow that and it becomes a filter. So, yeah. So you're saying that, like you take a filter. So if you're trying to plan your week or your... Your life. This yeah. is life by design. Yeah. So, so like you, Dana, my value is freedom. Mm. And so that goes back to my, my story about mom and I and me sitting up the road waiting till 10 after 10. Yes. So not my, coming home as a teenager. Right. Because I didn't want somebody to put boundaries around right. She was me. stealing your freedom. <laughs> she was stealing my freedom. And my mom and I... So we, you rebelled. We have great yeah. conversations about that now. Because mom yeah. was 21 when she had me. And she always says, I grew up. I grew up raising you. You mm. taught me so much. So with then when my children came around, mm. I went, you know what? I have a son who's a Taurus, just like me. Um, and my so all three of my children are... They're free birds. So I never gave them a curfew. I mm. said, if you're not going to be home, call me. Mm. Right? But I'm one of these moms that I can go to bed at night. So, so you are you are applying your values to them. I was, <laughs> because I was, you, you felt freedom. You knew what that meant. Right. So that you were extending that really. I, I it felt like you them. were giving them yes. that leeway where... You know, they might have said, hey, maybe I need more structure. I don't know any teenager that. <laughs> so, our, so our middle guy, right? Yeah. There, so he, he needed a little more structure. So he would say, what time would you like me home? Oh, how about 11? Great. And so for, <laughs> but if he got home at 1130, I wouldn't be standing You're at the door having out. a fit. I I couldn't care less. As right. long as I know where they are and they're safe. Right? Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm, yeah. uh, you know, try, you know, not trying. Our goal was to not be helicopter parents right. or lawnmower parents. Right. Right. So, so the values exercise, once you do the values exercise, and so think of a filter, like, you know, a nice, like a, like a, you know, a, a, a funnel, a funnel. Thank you. So think of a funnel. And so all the things in your world are coming into the funnel, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's that little tiny spout thing at the bottom. And so your, and your, not much can get through that. Your value is sitting right there. Mm. And it has to pass through your value to come out of that mm. and go into your calendar. Right. Now, you know, I'm not suggesting that people go into their office today and tell their boss, no. What I'm suggesting <laughs> is that you start with the things that you have more control over. Mm. Such as? Like, Such is as there an example? Family and friends. Right. Your personal time. So start with them. Start yeah. with, so start with, take your calendar, your 168 hours. Take those 168 hours and then, okay, I'm blocking, I'm time blocking my, here's my work hours, right? 
And it's different if you're an entrepreneur. You can say no to your clients. Maybe, mm. maybe there's clients you need to say no to, to, to make space for, for clients who really resonate with you. Mm. But here's your space that you really don't, that you may not have control over. Then you have all that space around. So if you have 168 hours in the week and you work a 40 hour week, that leaves you 128 hours every week that you get to decide what goes in your calendar. Right. Someone said to me once, I can tell a lot by a, uh, about a person by how they spend their time and their money, you know, so, or, you know, what things in their wallet, in their calendar, right. you know, basically. So, you know, because, and you have to get super um, focused on what it is, what matters to you and how do you want to spend that time? Like it becomes, and it can be a little overwhelming when you first start that because you talk about saying no, if you've never said no to people and you start saying no, people are going to go, what? Well, so here's, <laughs> so here's a little tip. Here's one of my tips. Um, it's called the pregnant pause. Hmm. So I suggest to people to say, oh, I don't have my calendar with me right now. So that request that you have of me, right. I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. So what it does is if you are having a hard time saying no in the moment, it gives you space to go back and to think about if that right. particular Run it through request, your funnel. <laughs> run it through your funnel. And so run it through your funnel and then get back to them and say, you know what? Thank you. Great opportunity. Great idea. But no. But no, thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and it's it's as simple as saying no because what we want to say is no. And here's because. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you're writing this essay about why you're saying yeah. no. But as yeah. Oprah said, because we need to, you know, Oprah is yeah. she's <laughs> like Oprah. We need a little bobblehead. <laughs> we need our bobblehead, Oprah. Um, is that no is a complete sentence. Yes. And so it has taken me years to do this, mm-hmm. right? And and so in this past year, I've I've had lots of opportunities to say no. Right. Because they didn't fit through my filter. Uh, yep. Now the Elaine of years ago, I would have said yes to all that, mm. right? To to the detriment of myself. Is right. this in my highest good? Right. And not every opportunity is a good opportunity and not every opportunity is in your highest good opportunity. And even if it sounds like it is. Well, they all sound like Yeah, they all sound great. (laughs) It's like, hmm. Right, they all sound fantastic. And yes, from the other person's perspective, this is life by default. From their perspective, that's what they think you, and we're going to, I'm going to use the word should. Right. Right? But I don't should on anybody. Mm -hmm. When I ask somebody something, it's a a hard yes or it's a hard no. And if people say no to me, I respect that Mm. because they have checked in and it doesn't fit in with them. Right. Yeah. And that, I think that's an important takeaway is that people need to learn to check in with themselves more, that you need to learn to trust yourself and what you think matters. Right? But if you don't have your North Star, Dana, yeah, how I know. are you ever? So you are making decisions by default every day. Right. You're going, do I have to? What you're looking at is, do I have time in my calendar yeah. instead of, is this a priority? Right. A priority to me? Right. Yeah. And I, and you know, you're speaking my language when it comes to values. I mean, that's a huge part of coaching and helping people through their lives is that people feel like they're picked apart and they feel like they're being pulled in so many different directions. And that's why we have this topic come up all the time. We want to talk about work-life balance. And it's not so much um, what you're doing. Everybody wants to figure out who you're doing. It's, It's checking in with who you're being. 
So when I talk about connection, contribution, and comedy for me, I, I root things through my filter like that. So if so, I use comedy. They're all C's. I just turn them all into C's to make it easy Which, to remember. It sounds nice. Sounds then. great. <laughs> yeah. I think in English language called cacophony or something. Like cacophony, that. <laughs> which also starts with a <laughs> C. C. Or is Interestingly that a, or is it a enough, K? no, is it's a, a K? C. It's a C. Okay. But it's this measure. So, for example, what we talked about, you know, doing this podcast, I would think about if I did it by myself, how much fun would I have? Not that much fun. No, because so, you'd be staring at the blank. I'd be wall staring at my fireplace me. there. <laughs> but doing this, doing it with somebody else, I had to figure out how would that honor my value. And I love that word honor. How do I honor my value? And I, I honor my value of fun. It's like by doing it with somebody else. There's some energy. It comes alive, right? So I think when people begin to know and understand values, it begins to be a game changer. Right. And I, I heard Tony Robbins talk about values before, and I thought it was a, even took it another step further because there's a difference between means values and ends values. And means values are the ones that get you to where you're going. And ends values are things like, you know, people might say, I value my car, my house, uh, my family. And stuff. It, stuff. Well, stuff. And, yes. and more of the physical, material things. And that's fine. I'm not going to take that away from anybody. But. It's the means values, the connection, contribution, comedy, adventure, those words that describe who am I. And then that is what makes life really rich. When you start living a life according to your values, like, hello. Oh, hello. So if you follow, <laughs> if you follow me on social media anywhere, mm -hmm. people are always stopping me and saying, oh my gosh, what's your next adventure? What are you doing? Yes. Because my life yes. looks like an adventure. Yes. Yep. I work. I yeah. actually work. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook says you're adventurous. Facebook but... says adventure because that's how it shows that's, up. Yeah, yeah. So this is what but I. But you will call... find an adventure in anything. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. And I mean, even be... this is an adventure well, because I have put those things through the filter and they've matched my values yeah. and they make it through. There's a few things every once in a while that don't, and yes. it's fantastic when that happens because it happens for me, not to me. Right, knocks you out of your alignment with your it highest self. Me. And then I have to go back and say, hey, how did it get through? What yes. was it? To, why was it there was to happening? teach me? Right, mm -hmm. what happened? And so it, it's a bit of a course correction. Right. So back to your work-life balance. So I heard this term or saw it on Instagram, work-life balance presence mm. so mm. when I filter all the things in my life through my values I am able to be fully present now easier said than done mm -hmm. and part of this for me um, this year specifically is my device my phone mm. I have been practicing keeping my phone away from conversations right. when I'm with people it's in my purse or when I'm home it's not in the room that I'm with other people right. because I read that when a phone is on a table it will inhibit the conversation happening mm. because people are aware that the person that is with you is not 100% present. They are waiting for somebody else to call. They're waiting for the next moment. They're, They're already waiting, in the other right. moment. So that is something that mm. I am practicing this year. Yeah. Is that, so my husband and I were out for dinner last night. So we're doing Valentine's Day a week early mm -hmm. because I'm off to my next adventure. Right. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm off to Vancouver to work on a, on a film uh, pilot, a TV pilot. So when we were at dinner last night, it's like phones were off the table mm. 
right? And I'm looking around the restaurant, right? And so I see a guy sitting by himself eating and he has his phone out, right? Because he's, you know, by himself. But, you know, and there were some people working, but I'm noticing more people are not putting their phone out, Mm -hmm. right? And so I'm challenging the listeners today and the viewers, right? How am I showing up? Am I being present? Mm. Or am I thinking about what's on that phone? Because every time you pick up a phone and you're with somebody, you're telling the person that you're with that they're less important than what you just did. Mm. Yeah. That's it's hard. such a distraction. Hard. And it's then when hard. you're home with your family, because everybody's sitting on the couch doing, yeah, the, doing, their doing thing. the thing. And, you know, as your kids grow up, like, they're not around a lot. Mm. And when yeah. you're with them, you want to be present. Use- all of that time yeah. yeah what are some tips um that you can give people who i mean the values one is a huge one that's the foundation Dana. that's the if, foundation if that's the only thing that people get out of my workshops yeah. or this conversation that is that well that'd be the changer. biggest one that is the game changer but for people who are listening and and, and they're saying but 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 what about work-life balance but if they <laughs> wanted to because <laughs> yeah. in your workshop you do talk about how people can reclaim it and some some of the tips yes. what are some th- what what is one thing that people can begin to change today um from a, so that from helps a, them reclaim their time or feel like a little more sane from it, a work perspective so so let's do a couple yeah. so from a work perspective Let's look at the last 30 minutes of the day. Mm. So this was a concept that I taught, um, that I started, I think I read years ago, and I thought, okay, I'm going to incorporate that into my workshops and see how it how it goes. So I was doing a lot of workshops at um, Irving Oil at the time, and I challenged one of the executives. You know, I said, so, you know, what's your best 30 minutes of the day? And he goes, oh, that's the first 30 minutes. I get in the office at 6, and, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm doing all this work, and I'm... And I said, how's that going? He goes, well, it's interesting because he said, now that I'm coming in at six, everybody else started coming in at six, right? Because there's this whole um, philosophy that if the boss is there, then we all need to be oh, there. 100%. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> you know, that's right in my wheelhouse. Right. So, so we'll add that to for a future show. Yeah. So what happened was he wasn't getting everything done that he wanted to get done because everybody started coming in. I said, I'm going to challenge you <laughs> to use the last 30 minutes of the day. And he goes, oh, okay. And I said, here's why. Because what is what are most people doing at four o'clock in the afternoon? Not much. <laughs> you're thinking about what you're having for supper, what's going on that mm. night, yada, yada, yada. So between four and five, it's sort of this mental, there's like a mental Jenga happening, yeah. right? So what if you took those last 30 minutes of the day and you look through all the papers on your desk, you took a scan through your emails, you looked at your phone, and then you looked at your appointments for tomorrow, and you took that 30 minutes and you organized your day. Mm. And then up in that 30 minutes, you would take the top five things that you would like to get done the next day. Could be make a phone call, right. like like itemize yeah, them. Prepare. Write, write them down on, you know, a little uh, little piece of paper, you know, you've got your, your recipe cards, whatever it is, sticky notes. Mm-hmm. So write the top five things that you want to get done the next day so the first time I said that in in one of the exercises or one of the workshops people came back to me and said I slept better last night mm. because everything that I used to think about that was the you know the yep. mental Jenga wasn't keep happening you up all night because right. you didn't deal with it 
So they were sleeping yeah. better. Mm. So then you come in in the morning and you are hitting the ground running because mm. you know what you're yeah. doing first thing. Guess what everybody else is doing first thing in the morning mm. at work? Or checking emails. They're trying to figure out what they're doing <laughs> that day. Yeah. Creating a plan. Right. right. You've already created the plan. Yeah. Set yourself up for, you for success. So that, is, so that last 30 mm-hmm. minutes of the day is critical. Keep. Then you do that again at home. Yeah. So last night, you know, knowing that we're we're recording our podcast today, I know you were preparing, you know, mm-hmm. you get yep. the camera, you got the chairs Absolutely. ready. I had my bag packed with, you know, what are my notes? What do I need to have? You know, uh, what what's my wardrobe? Like, mm. what are all the decisions that I can make tonight that I don't have to make tomorrow morning? Mm. And that is a game changer. Oh, for sure. And because work is always in the preparation. Because that's all the hardest part. Once, it, like, say when we do this podcast or doing anything, or if I go take the stage to do a talk, the work is already done. When it, then you can just show up and shine. You show and so up. I think that's such a huge, you know, that's a great tip. You know, and that for, is work know. life presence. Yeah. So when you show up and shine, you are fully present. Oh, for sure. You are, and you're, and you're not doing it. the, uh, you know, taking all these mental cigarette breaks because you have to stop, <laughs> <laughs> stop and think about what you're doing, and it, and you know you. <laughs> There's our first word of the day. <laughs> but, you know, you, we get so um, sidetracked because there's lack of focus. So I think that's a huge one. You know, taking the 30 minutes at the end of the day is a great tip. Yeah. And so that leads me back to it's not a time problem. It is a focus problem. Focus problem. And so by focusing on the next priority, mm. not priorities. Mm. So in this book, Essentialism, uh, Greg mm. talks about how priority was a singular word up until the 1900s when it became priorities (laughs) and so you as a human being have one you have your north star and i can only physically do one thing at a time because we know that multitasking doesn't work Mm -hmm. ever one thing at a time one thing Mm -hmm. at a time so what is your next priority and so if all else fails and you are doing the whirling dervish and you're spinning around you need to find your north star and what is that one thing you need to do next the next breadcrumb. Mm. Last question for you. How does reclaiming time, this idea of minimalism and just all of that around time, how does that help us connect more soulfully to ourselves? Mm. So, Dana, when I, oh, I can just feel this bubble of energy around us right now. Mm. When I am living my highest self, Mm -hmm. when I am living my values, I can be fully present Mm. with people. And when you are fully present with people, they can feel your soul. Mm. It's so true. People can feel that, the authentic you. Right. The soul connection. Mm. And I have goosebumps. So when, when I'm at the grocery store, I'm standing there and I'm looking at the cashier and I'm looking at the people behind me and people will tell me the darndest things in lineups because they know you are soul present. 100%. People will tell you... Everything. Everything. In all five. I have a huge vault, right? So it comes in this vault, Yeah. right? And it goes and it it just... And then whatever story they needed to tell me, Mm. then it just leaves, Mm. right? Right. But they, people need to connect. And so when you reclaim your time, you have the space, the soulful space to be fully present. Mm. And I hear to just even connect with themselves, that that's what you're ultimately doing. Yep. Mm. I'm going to end with a uh, quote from... 
quotes. Well, that's actually yours or from your from your workshop. It might not be well, my quote. Well, it's, I, I didn't write down who it was from. I'm sure it was from your workshop. I thought, okay, uh, this just seemed like a good way to end. And because you were talking about focus and it says discipline has within it the potential for creating future miracles. And I think that's a, a good place to end. Thank you, Dana. That was a fabulous conversation. Thank you, Elaine. I'm Dana Lloyd. And I'm Elaine Shannon. You've been listening to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast. You can connect with Dana at DanaLloydLeadership.com and you can connect with Elaine at ElaineShannon.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And join us for more Soul Sister Conversations. Thanks for listening.